All right. Anything else, guys? I'm gonna. This is gonna be a terrible show for me. I'm just telling you right up front. Are you bleeding or on fire right now? No, my hip hurts, but <laughs> we'll talk about it. All right. I love the thought that he would be on fire. <laughs> that was my mother's uh, rule. I used to call her at work way too much when I was a kid, and finally <laughs> she just had to say to me one day, "If you're not bleeding and you're not on fire, you can't call me." And that's when you started mailing her stuff. That's right. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly imaginary radio show dedicated to celebrating the radio show slash podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Saturdays, we bring you a show featuring guests who share their experiences and favorite segments from TVTL history. We just got that one with Dave and Dana's Wolf Shirt and Mariner's Game story, which will melt your face off. But now it's Monday, and we have a recap of last week's TBTL to so cinch the belt on your khaki cutoffs and settle in for a recap of those <laughs> episodes to tide you over until the fresh TBTL comes out of the oven later today. I can't do it all by myself, so as always, I'm joined by the snack king of Rhode Island, Bobby Pape. Hey, Bobby. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, we'll find out in a few minutes. Not that great. And of course, the most perfect 10 we know, Christy Wise. Hello, C Wise. Hello. Guys, <laughs> uh, interesting week on TVTL. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, first, we're going to cover a little of our own business, which basically is a mishap that I was involved with earlier this morning. And of course we'll let people know how to get involved and there's lots of housekeeping these days. Um, our business this morning, I have, I feel lucky to be here. Um, <laughs> we've had an incident with, uh, we have a rabbit here at, uh, at the Frizzell household. Not my idea. Getting a rabbit, having a rabbit uh, hutch in my bedroom, having a rabbit roaming free through the house. This was a dream of my bride's. Um, she had a rabbit before, but she also had two hounds, two hound pit bull mixes, and they wanted to eat that rabbit. In fact, they did. One of them got a hold of that rabbit and killed it right in front of uh, Emily and Cullen's eyes. This and, is a terrible story. Uh, that, that was years ago, and and I only I only heard that heard it over the phone. The rabbit was killed while I was on the phone with Emily, um, before we were married, and those dogs have since passed on. Wonderful dogs, but it was in their blood to kill rabbits, and one of them did kill the rabbit when it was left um, in a room. <laughs> that that the dogs had access to. Uh, so ever since then, she has wanted to get another rabbit, but, you know, we had to wait for those dogs to pass. And then we have these new dogs, these, these girls. We have a dachshund and we have a golden retriever. They're both mixes, but um, neither one of them is a threat to a rabbit. And took a lot of convincing after we got this new rabbit to – uh, let everyone mix together to, to let the rabbit into the common areas and know that the dogs would not bother the rabbit. The little dachshund chases the rabbit sometimes, but it's not, 
it's not a lethal situation. So this rabbit has the run of the house, which means it chews cords and ruined, I think, at least a week or two worth of podcasting <laughs> about four or five months ago. That doesn't because... explain the other four or five months of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could blame all of the technical difficulties on the rabbit. I can't, but he did just, his name's Branson, by the way. And the, the girls, the dachshund is Abby and the golden retriever is Ginger. Um, the rabbit chewed just, just surgically through a mic cord. To, so you would have to just hold it up and keep bending it to find <laughs> the cut in the cord, which I eventually did. And, you know, we solved it and, and got the, terrible podcasting going again but he's more or less not ruined me or any podcasting since then this morning he tried to kill me um and it almost worked <laughs> the the dogs need to go out early well first of all they want breakfast early in the morning they want breakfast at like six thirty, seven o'clock and after that of course they need to go out and do their business so I want to let Emily sleep in. Abby's going crazy. She's like standing on my chest, barking at me for, you know, she just wants to eat. She could care less, couldn't care less about going out and peeing. She just wants to eat because she's a maniac. So I get out of bed. It's about 6.45, between 6.45 and 7. And I feed the dogs just to get it out of the way. And... Then, of course, they need to go outside, and what Emily will usually do when she lets the dogs out, she'll go outside and sit with them, but it's balls hot, and I'm not into that. So I let them out, and then I go into the front room, uh, and I lay down on the couch. I lie down on the couch to go to sleep because I know Abby will scratch on the door when she's ready to come back in. So I'm on the couch. I fall asleep. I hear the scratching. And I'm, okay, well, I'll let them in and I'll go back to bed, sleep for another hour or two. This will be great. Sunday, everyone's going to sleep in. So I swing my legs down to stand up and I stand up, but my right foot is on the rabbit. And I hear the rabbit squeal. I feel the rabbit under my foot. And I, and as I'm going to, you know, I'm actually walking along the couch, I have to just give up my right foot. And I go down. And I go down really hard on my right hip, and my shoulder hits the wall. And the rabbit has been working on the walls under the six-inch mark all over the house for forever, since uh, since I've given him the run of the house. He's I think been we, call those, we call those Moyers Tunnels. <laughs> yeah, he and he's almost tunneled through from the master bathroom to the uh, front hallway, to his credit. Uh, and I, I've sort of helped him once he gets through there. I've sort of helped him now with another tunnel that will go from the hallway into the front room, the TV room, because my shoulder just took out the the wall uh, down by the floor. And I was, I was down for a few minutes. Nobody heard. Um, everyone's asleep. Emily always has pillows on her head. Cullen always has headphones in. So, uh, I was, 
on the floor just assessing whether I needed to go to the fancy urgent care like like uh, Andrew did. But you'd feel bad. Could you clean out your car first with one working shoulder because you don't want the valet to see all your wrappers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my uh my car's only a 2013, so I I just would feel so ashamed uh going to that valet. So I I I toughed it out. I stood up and then I looked at the damage that I'd caused and I was so ashamed because as much as we talk about how how much the rabbit wreaks havoc in this house and how we're going to have to get all of this stuff fixed if and when we're going to sell it. Now my stupid fucking shoulder has made a hole and it's a big hole guys. Oh, we saw it yeah. on Facebook. It, we'll post pictures and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's quite a shoulder there. You got Mike. Yeah. 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 Well, there's also so, uh, a foot. There's something about a, right. Well, the Emily's very creative in her retelling of stories. Uh, so who knows where she's going to take it uh, and, and whether I kicked the wall or punched the wall. What or, kind of vest you were wearing when it happened. <laughs> right. Right. Whether I was wearing a denim vest or cargo shorts when it happened. Mike. Uh, no, it happened when I, when I was uh, in my underwear in the morning. Uh, it was about 7.15 by the time this happened. It was just me falling on my hip and smashing my shoulder into the wall. Mike, I have a question. When do we mm -hmm. give up on having this rabbit? It has um, it has single-handedly destroyed your house. <laughs> it is really he is really working on that. Uh I like to say that it's like having an angry quadriplegic with an axe in his mouth uh in your house because everything under the 6-inch mark is Fucking destroyed. Sorry, Aiden. And now it goes up to about a foot and a half because my clumsy ass hit the wall. <laughs> I just know that people like to eat rabbit. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, yeah. I would eat a rabbit for sure. Not this one, though. Oh. I, I like this guy. Why do you think I put, picked my foot up when I stepped on him? I like him. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a week of TBTL to recap? Ah. Uh, Yes. Um, can you, Bobby, I hate to ask you this on the fly, but can, can you get us into that? Because I'm, I just have a little PTSD right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, let's, let's get back to why we were here today, starting with Monday, episode number 1912. You kiss your daddy with that mouth. <laughs> and this episode opened with one of our favorite recent additions to the TBTL drops canon. Uh, the clip uh, from the Amy Schumer show about <laughs> listening to you when no one else will, but refusing to listen to your dreams. Uh, I feel I, I don't want to talk about that, that drop, Bobby, because I don't want to conjure Dreamcatcher again. It seems like when whenever we start to get mad or, <laughs> or start to feel like we're being fucked with by them keeping on doing that terrible segment, Luke will just revive it just it, to just <laughs> seems like a fucking tweet it has been gone for a few weeks now i don't know if you guys notice anytime anytime i write something imaginary 
about TBTL, <laughs> I always hashtag it TBTL dreams. Yeah. I figure if I could pollute the TBTL dreams hashtag enough, it won't be worth wading through it to find the real dreams. Yeah. The real dreams, please. <laughs> uh, so this was one of Luke's final broadcasts from the, uh, post office studios in Port Townsend, Washington, as he was working on packing up the office. Did you guys know, really, when he went back there, did you, I was surprised. I thought he was done. I thought Port Townsend was done. Well, given all the gaps in his time not being in Washington, I guess it makes sense that he had never actually gone back to clean it out. Though for once in his life, had the foresight to cancel things. <laughs> so the office didn't have internet or maybe power. We know, you know that Carrie made him a checklist. Or oh. we know that Carrie just did it for him. Right, right, right. And we know that packing just meant that maybe there was a box and he just threw a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah, something like that. How many months do you think he has left on that XM radio trial membership, by the way? <laughs> oh, before before they charge him $190. Yeah, on that rental car? Oh, right. <laughs> right. So he's back in Port Townsend. He's packing up. It wasn't, we get one more from, from PT later in the week. Um, I'd like to go back and count how many he actually did from that post office. Because, Mike, didn't you say that it was like, 100 degrees and he talked about the blinds and that it was always too hot in there i was never in that office i was in the the office previous to that oh, the one in the therapy building yeah okay. yeah that was yeah i was in there and we never did a podcast together there um that i did i know that building he pointed out that building when i was out there and that he wanted to be in there and he eventually did get in there, but it is just like, it's out on a bluff above, um, above Port Townsend. And it's just completely exposed to the sun. And, and just from looking at that building, I, I thought this, that's, that doesn't seem like a podcast friendly thing. And, <laughs> and sound wise, it wasn't. And of course, weather wise, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a, it was ever really a great home for him to do the show from. But um, this particular week, though, I thought it was interesting because they are doing a, they were doing a tape sync most of the week, which is the way we, we mm -hmm. do our podcast. That's a and double ender, Mike. A d double ender. We do a, a triple ender. Um, but the thing about that is and, – and just – just so people know, we get together on Google Hangout and that's our backup recording and then we each record our ends. So when you hear something like um, the show we did on Saturday, that had to all go from Google Hangout because we had a bunch of um, guests. And so the sound wasn't as good as, as we normally want it, but it's just, you know, the way the way it was, um, it had to be done. But they did a tape sync, which we normally do. And they struggled a little bit with it. And it is a struggle sometimes on tape sync because when you're talking over, they were talking over their phone. We talk over Google Hangout, but a lot of times when you're talking or someone else is talking, you can't hear each other. So there was one show this week. I think it might have been Thursday where they really struggled with their timing and with their, their conversation and that's because they were doing the tape sync and it is 
I, I just want to, you know, it's like let you behind the curtain. Sometimes it is difficult in these situations to have a normal conversation. It's a different rhythm. And if, if they struggle during these tape syncs, that is the reason. So there you go. Tech talk. <laughs> uh, Andrew finally watched the room, which I've still never actually watched. I don't think I've watched the whole thing. Cullen watches it constantly. Why? <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> he's a, he's a film major. Oh God! It's the study terrible. Of what not to what do? What not to do? Right? Yeah, exactly. He's obsessed. We did a film. Um, Cullen wrote a film, and I performed in it. That was a it was sort of a sequel to The Room. It's about nine minutes long. Most of it is credits because he really, <laughs> at the time we did it, he was really into giving himself and and others credits. Does it have a killer bunny in it? No, the bunny was not on the premises then. He, How do we uh, get a copy of this movie? Uh, I, I'll post it. It's okay. it's on YouTube. That's yeah. for LRB Extra subscribers. LRB <laughs> After Hours. <laughs> All right. Monday was kind of a mishmash of just uh, shooting the shit between them, yeah. really. And I don't know that there was a lot of actual content. But it was amusing. Uh, well, we who a, are we to throw stones at this point? I mean, right, exactly. look, look where we are t- today. We had a conversation about a guy who looked like Steve Harvey while trying <laughs> as hard as possible not to sound like racists in that right. it definitely looked like Steve Harvey and not just <laughs> a medium built black guy. Right. Um, not just a guy who looked, who, who looks like a stuffed suit Gumby like <laughs> Steve Harvey does. We had a uh, resolution on the wig party joke because nothing makes a joke funnier like explaining it in detail day oh, after day. Jesus. That's to me, to me, Bobby, the, the wig party thing is as painful as when Luke starts talking about his Twitter. Like, okay, it was a joke. It, you made it. Somebody made it. It was funny. God well, damn. Let's l- let it lie. But the official ruling is that it's officially a co-commission. And Lynn Pham came to the rescue with the clip. So thank you, Lynn. So hopefully we can finally bury the origin story of this joke. <laughs> and uh, Luke and Andrew can uh, go sue everyone who repeated it. Because apparently Twitter is willing to knock mm-hmm. down imitators of your tweets now. That was the other thing we talked about on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've made jokes on Twitter that that probably other people have made and then other people have made jokes that I've made because when you go for something in the moment, when you go for like a current event, you're going to make the same joke that a lot of people make and you can't, you can't get your feelings hurt about it. Right. Um, I like when somebody famous makes the same joke that I made, I don't think they stole it. I'm, I think, Hey, I might be half as funny as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, but you know, some guy in San Diego, he's upset that, that Conan made some jokes and, and yeah, they, they were funny jokes and they were mm, somewhat distinctive, but I have to think that the guys working on the Conan show are pretty damn funny. And I don't want to, I wouldn't accuse them like right away of stealing a joke if they came up with the same joke that I did. I mean, what, what, 
my jokes are just precious snowflakes. They're, they're, <laughs> come on. I mean, there's millions of people having funny thoughts. Come on. Yet another, yet another conversation about plagiarism on TVTL. This seems to be a recurring theme lately. And all I could think was, you know, Luke would be in so much trouble if plagiarizing himself was a real problem. But really, I think what happens is you hire a man with three stories and you expect him to tell those stories. <laughs> and so no matter where he is, that's what you're going to get. I'm sure right. that he has shit his pants at the kingdom, uh, <laughs> at every charity auction benefit he's ever helped host. And every time he's <laughs> appeared on somebody else's podcast, it just is Luke. I mean, that's not plagiarism. That's bringing your A game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will, if, Anyone ever pays me to tell a story at a banquet, I will totally tell the story of me shitting my pants at the kingdom. <laughs> and they'll love it as they eat their lunch. That'll be a nice break from hearing about you going to prison. I went to prison? Wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> a couple of other notes from Monday. Another stamps.com ad, but I personally appreciated it because it did tie in some cat rolling. Uh, yes, if you're going to cat roll Luke and Andrew, you have to do it with stamps.com. <laughs> Free scale. That's right. Hey, can we send them a scale that, that activates the <laughs> game of cats whenever they set their, their mushrooms, I'm sorry, their potatoes on it? Uh, we'll get the tech department on that. Uh, I think my favorite part of Monday, it's a bit of a throwaway, was, um, Luke mentioning that he has been more diligent about paying for parking and magically has stopped getting parking tickets. <laughs> like, turns out if you if you pay to park somewhere or if you plug the meter, you don't get parking tickets. Right. So there's a more you know moment right. for this week. I, I, I was almost, I mean, before he gave up on being a scofflaw, I was almost ready to buy into his bullshit because I... I think I was listening to an Adam Carolla show a while back and he just does math in his head about how much it's worth to him to park somewhere. Right. Like if he's late and he's got to get to this event or, or, uh, what, you know, he just, he just does some math. Like this is going to be a $75 ticket. I, if for me to drive around here and try to find a spot is going to make me late, which is going to make me way more than $75 worth of an asshole for being late, <laughs> then I'm just going to park in the, the loading Up zone. Up front in the loading zone. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that's in like front so of the fire hydrant handicap ramp access. So I, mean, I, I was a little disappointed to hear Luke talking like this because he's kind of, my hero in that way, because I'm a, I'm a rule follower. You know, I don't want to go back to prison. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> Let's in also prison, keep but... in mind he's been living in Port Townsend where it's probably 25 cents for all day. <laughs> right. That's different. Right. Just right. leave a quarter on your windshield. <laughs> It'll be replaced with a Dombass note. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So I um, guess I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I think we buried the lead on Monday, actually. So the title, You Kiss Your Daddy With That Mouth, yes. stems from a text message that Luke sent and then relatively immediately regretted to his father, <laughs> to Walter. This uh, was Christy, my favorite part. Um, yeah, I think you should walk us through yeah. this. Well, my favorite. Okay, so it's amazing. If you want to hear it, it's about the 15 minute mark. Luke 
sends his dad a text message asking about a battery charger for one of the multiple bolts that he has. Um, Part of the armada. <laughs> right. And he ends Shit. it with EXO, and, which means hug kiss, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, um, or kiss hug. Kiss hug. <laughs> kiss right. Hug. <laughs> and it's very European. Yeah. Then he freaked out thinking that his dad, this was the best part of the week and also the the bit or whatever is that he said he didn't want his dad to think he was romantically interested and what should he do and andrew's throwaway line best thing he's ever said ever said i think we should see where this goes <laughs> <laughs> Hey, when when I text my dad, it's usually just it's about three in the morning. It's so <laughs> and a dick pic with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, "Hey, I haven't seen that since I changed your diaper, buddy." Oh, so that was my favorite part of the week. My the sadness for me was that he gets Walter on the phone. But we can't hear, of course, the other side of the conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been... If he put it on speakerphone, that would have been perfect. <clears throat> well, all we would have heard on Luke's end at that point is boat, 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 right. boat, 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 <laughs> boat. <laughs> <sighs> That's hilarious. Speaking of Luke's parents, um, in the plagiarism conversation, Luke mentioned that Susie thinks that she coined the phrase... Delicious and nutritious. <laughs> she also thinks she invented sandwiches with chips on it. Right. Oh, right, because nobody's ever lived in Pittsburgh. Or um, just been a person in the world that eats a sandwich. Right. Because that's delicious. Um, I have a story like this, and my mother, thank God, will never listen to this, but uh, when I was a kid, my mother was a catering manager at a lot of different places, and at one point she was running sort of this cafeteria at a local grocery store. And this was before Whole Foods were everywhere serving a lot of, you know, prepared foods to go. And while she was working there, they apparently had an old rotisserie chicken oven in the basement and she made them bring it up and she started selling rotisserie chickens. And to this day, she is convinced that she ignited the takeaway rotisserie chicken <laughs> craze. <laughs> She may have. You don't know. That's right. So Whole Foods and all the other big grocery stores of America can thank my mother for bringing this craze to the Hagedorn's grocery store in Webster, New York, when I was about 15 years old. Well, my mom invented the thing of taking the bag out of the box of wine and carrying it with you in checked luggage. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say attached to a rolling IV. Oh, no, no, no. You have to secretly do it. So you have one in your car and one in your bag that you carry mm -hmm. with you. <laughs> Why is there a crazy straw coming out of your purse, lady? <laughs> hey, Christy, did she always use a glass or was she? did she hit off the tap? Uh, oh, no, always a glass. But the funny part is she says she has about three glasses of wine a day. And you know what? That's normal, right? That That's healthy normal her glasses are pint glasses <laughs> well that's one and a half for the surgeon general and one and a half for her so i think that's fair probably filled to the brim just with surface yeah. tension just yeah, keeping 42 it in. ounces of wine is not normal 
for daily. <laughs> that's a big gulp. Sorry, sorry to our audience who think that's normal or that partake in that. Actually, I'm yeah. not sorry. Stop. I Just... think I think for our audience that's vacation normal, right. but I think like, right. like a regular work day, maybe 30, 30, 30 mm-hmm. to thirty five ounces. And we do have lots right. of teachers as as fans, so vacation is what three months out of the year. Oh yeah, yeah drink up. <laughs> don't Go get for the, it. Don't get the teachers riled up. They work hard. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sound They're like heroes. we're belittling They're them. They're real American heroes. Those teachers. That's we'll right. dry them out. We'll take a week. You know, uh, late August. We'll dry them out and get them back to work. Right. That's right. To Tuesday. Oh wait. No. Let's talk about song of the summer. Oh, God. Let's do it quickly, because what I realized is this show's going to come out on Monday morning as the next round of brackets closes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary for us to detail how the brackets shook out in their entirety. It's still going? <laughs> <laughs> Once Mike and I's favorite song, Shamir, I don't know what yes. the actual name was, but Shamir was the artist. After that was kicked off, I don't care anymore. Yeah, fuck all y'all. Right. Uh, that's Shamir's on the regular. And I have to say, um, I've been talking to some friends of mine, one of them who's a sort of recent 10, and she hasn't liked the Song of the Summer contest so far because she's not thrilled with some of these sort of heavy hitter, like Taylor Swift types mm-hmm. in the brackets. And I told her, just hold your horses because half the time, 10s are voting out of spite. And so a lot of uh, one seeds get knocked off fairly early. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that Bad Blood made it through the first round. Uh, not because it's not the song of the summer. It it pretty much is. I it mean, is. this is the second time it's charted. There was the original that charted. This is the remix that charted. And it was timed. You know, the remix was timed to be a song of the summer. Uh, but I expected the tens in their uh, snobbery and glory and our usual hatred of the conventional thing to just eliminate it immediately. Yeah, I'm really upset about it. Yeah, you should have voted 20 more times because the margin wasn't that big. <laughs> well, I, mean, I didn't vote. I, I Mike, well, you're legally not allowed. Yeah, Mike. you're not allowed. But I mean, you were the. You can't complain if you don't vote, right? Isn't that what they say? Um, right. But we all know that Denny's going to win, right? With the the new added vote in person at the picnic to knock it out, we know that that's going to oh, win. Oh, if Stewbot's there, it's going to win unanimously. Right. And even if he's not, we know that a vote for Dennehy is a vote for Stubot. So, yes. Speaking of, I think that's our our party line on this, right? We're not trying to meddle too much, but if you're going to the picnic people, and it's a toss up between whatever wins this uh, chaos and uh, the the Dennehy, which is the clear winner on the Facebook page, you know you're voting for Dennehy. So please just don't waste your time. With mm-hmm. I vote else. the Dennehy Stubot ticket just straight down the line. Whatever right. they, you know. Whatever, whatever the Providence newspaper recommends after Stubat and Dennehy, I'm voting. <laughs> uh, so, Christy, you're not happy about the matchup between Shamir and Taylor Swift. You think I knew, that, that as soon as I saw that matchup, I, I knew it was done for. Shamir was sent to slaughter. Yeah. Yes. It's not fair. History will show that Shamir is the superior artist. Agree. <laughs> um, I stand by Song of the Summer still, though. It's a pretty good playlist uh overall and uh i'm glad that we're doing it even though there's been so much chaos this year i think in these brackets you know i know how i voted uh the alabama shakes ellie king matchup i think was the, mm. the hardest of this that round was a really hard one too yeah 
Yeah, and Alabama Shakes, uh, you know, a TBTL favorite. It was 2012, I think, 2012 or 2013, mm-hmm. with her other song, Hold On, which turned into a huge juggernaut, like, three months after Song of the Summer that year. So keep an eye on some of these songs. Shamir might be the hit of the fall. Yeah, hit that that album is so going to go down as one of the greatest in pop history. I think. Right. The man who But I hate music. music. What do I know? <laughs> Can we go to Tuesday now? Yes. Please. All right, Tuesday, nineteen thirteen Uncomfortable Moments. One of the saddest episodes of TBTL in a while, I think. So we open <laughs> Why? Because we open with the news of Stubot. Oh well, we don't open with it, but sorry that I just know. laughed. Yeah, oh, totally. No, let let me let me say this. They did not open with it. Right. Um I I heard I was late getting to this show. So I heard through various sources that it was announced that Stubot had been let go from um what is the parent company there? NPR? Uh, APM, American Public APM, Media. APM, NPR, IG, TBTL, ESPN on NHL. On, yeah. I mean, okay. He got let go and I heard it through the, through the grapevine and I sent a message to Andrew just to confirm. And he sent a message back and said, yes, Stubot did get fired, but we didn't get to it on the show. Uh, until after I told some guitar stories and I, I told, I told Andrew, he needs to, he needs to give me like an HDS warning or the audience, an HDS warning. And he asked, what's an HDS warning? And I I said, that's a hot dog story warning, Andrew. (laughs) It means when you're going to hold forth on something boring, when there's huge news to get to. So Next time, Andrew, HDS warning. The, the Stubot thing was a bombshell, man. We love yeah. this guy. Well, Fuck. What, what we didn't realize is that, well, it felt like he was spending 100% of his time working on TBTL-related things. Really, about 80% of his job was adding a laugh track to Wits. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and now that Wits has been canceled, you know, that really lightened up Stubot's load. Yeah. And... uh you know, he, he got put on the chopping block pretty quick. He got riffed. Right. Well, all right. Well, so we can take this chronologically. We start with the guitar stories. Both Luke and Andrew. <laughs> guitar slash hot dog right. stories. Fiddling with their guitars. <laughs> uh, it's Paganini's variations on one string, by the way. I will post it at robertpape.com. It's oh, actually Jesus. a very good piece. Music nerd. Yeah. Nerd. Oh, you know, that is my life. <laughs> um. Then the story of Andrew's Columbo book report. <laughs> oh my gosh, this was my favorite. I actually like that one. It that was my favorite because story. this is something that would have happened in the Wise household. Yeah. I like, you know, we hear a lot about uh, Andrew's parents sort of being relatively strict. Um, but the moment when he's already learned his lesson because he's screwed and the mm-hmm. parents come in to help save the day. I really like that. I think that's yeah. always a good parenting moment. Yeah, he learned his lesson. Right. So let's help him. Let's let's help him get yeah. through this. I love that it was that he had never seen it before, so he was doing an impression of his parents doing an impression. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, um, just one more thing. Just 
one more thing. Uh, Stubot. So the backstory here, if you didn't hear the episode, or you don't know what's going on, or you want someone to be angry at, know that you should not be angry at TBTL boss Steve Nelson. That's the El Ropo Steve Nelson. Uh, this was above his pay grade, and it was part of the restructuring that has to do with uh, with wits being canceled and all these other things. The part that pains me, and I can see how TBTL can't go into it too much because they don't need to be critiquing their bosses too much, but um, uh, APM is making a move to more digital and on-demand content, and they let to go the face of their digital on-demand content. Uh, and yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That, that Did you read the press release from that douchebag? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, we can't just stand still and keep doing the same old, same old. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's scale back the person who's trying to connect the audience and the shows. Yeah. They've sent so many staff members to the local Pizza Hut sports bar <laughs> that that was really just old hat. <laughs> yeah, we've tried it. Didn't work. Yeah, that uh, that press release made my blood boil. Uh, whoever that whoever that douchebag was, I want to fucking dump him in a trash can. Just see his little legs wiggling. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm uh, still mad about it. I'm gonna go well, punch <laughs> another hole in the wall. I think I think we're all mad about it. Um, but it's comforting later in the week that we heard from Stubot, and I get the feeling that we're not done hearing from Stubot. Um, clearly, this can't be his job now. I thought it was very thoughtful and a little funny of some tens to start a campaign on the Stens page to raise some money for <laughs> Stubot, but clearly the world doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And and yeah, everyone appreciates the sentiment, but the the money thing, the collection thing, keep them on TBTL with the money, that's... That's unworkable, right? Um, as far as the guys go, that's a no. That's a non-starter. But yeah, uh, I I feel the same way. If there was just a way to write a check and and make him a permanent part of the entire deal, I would definitely do it. But that's just it's not how the world works, right? Um, do we need to talk about the Tom Brady crap, or can we just skip it? Uh, I've, I've said my piece on that. I don't know. Have you? Are you satisfied with everything you've said on the record, Bobby? I'm, I mean, I'm, you're in the middle of it. So. I'm currently broadcasting from my <laughs> office at work because it has central air and I have some shit I need to get done here today. And I'm surrounded. I mean, I'm the only person in this city who, you know, doesn't Shh, think the NFL is trying up. to screw Tom Brady. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we can talk off there about it, but I'd like to know what people think about that. I have fans that are patriot i have friends that are patriots fans and they they think that this should have happened before the super bowl even i mean they're yeah. like he's cheating you can't do that well this is the only thing i'll say on it <laughs> is i i'm pretty convinced that all of it happened and i'm pretty convinced that they got caught doing it uh, I also don't blame Brady for denying it when the allegations first happened, because if he had admitted it right then, he wouldn't have been able to play in the Super Bowl. Right. And and I didn't want him not to play in the Super Bowl. I wanted my team to play against their team, best against best. Right. So I'm happy he didn't admit to it. But I wish that on the day after the Super Bowl, he would have said, 
My bad. My bad. Wait, is that against the rules? Yeah, right, right. Christy, I'll give you I'll give you the ten second version of what the perspective is for the average jackass in New England. And this isn't (laughs) everyone here, and I'm sure that many level headed boss tens uh see it more clearly than the average uh New Englander. Uh I walked into the liquor store yesterday and two old guys were sitting around near the guy behind the counter. This is a little neighborhood corner packy, as they're called here. And uh, the guy behind the counter was holding court, and all he said was, Roger Goodell has far too much power and authority, and he's flexing it now, but just you wait. Those other teams, they'll realize how bad it is when he comes after them. This is completely unfair, and this is bullshit. So there you go. That's the opinion of the average... So, so they feel like, they feel like next year he's going to single out like the, uh, the Houston Texans and just <laughs> right go nuts trying to suspend them. Yeah. I mean, I don't right, disagree exactly. with the, the argument about too much power. I totally agree with that, but he cheated. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you start pointing the finger back at the, at whoever is, is fucking with yeah. you. Uh, well, right. Well, maybe also, you did something, buddy. I don't necessarily agree that there needs to be a standard of how full the balls need to be either. But there is, there is that rule. Yeah. And so you is. have right, to follow right. that rule. <laughs> so I think this is the point where we look the other way when Ryan Fitzpatrick has stick him in his beard and <laughs> right. we tell everyone exactly. to go listen. Look the other way. This isn't happening. Go, go listen to to Mike Pesca and hang up and listen if you have more sports opinions. Oh, yeah. Great podcast. Hang up and mm-hmm. listen. It's the only one I listen to every week, yep. no matter what. So Donald Trump, we talk for many, many, many minutes about a tweet he didn't send, and then we don't cut it out of the show. <laughs> and... <laughs> Has, has anything ever been cut out of the show? No. Let, let, let's, let's talk, let's ask that right now. Has they ever cut anything out of the show? It makes you I mean, wonder if something has been cut out of the show, what it would be. If it was yeah. so bad that they actually had to go do it. Right. Like, uh, there were a few times, um, I, it was probably in the first year after Andrew joined the show where Luke would say some pretty inappropriate things about Genevieve, but it would stay in the show. I remember that. <laughs> made me uncomfortable yeah for sure like it, it's kind of like how how um jeremy's always perving on emily but we always cut it out i mean he always says just <laughs> i'm terrible actually, i'm stuff. working on a super cut of all of those moments we, well we cut it out Jesus of our show Christ. but he still sends it directly to her well right <sighs> yeah and and what's worse is she seems to like it so i'm just really what i don't <sighs> get is how did jeremy get emily's cell phone number three in the morning Sup. <laughs> yeah, he gets he he gets to to call her, text her in the middle of the night, and then I get Dana's number last week when we were prepping for the show. I get it through this email thread, and it and her number doesn't work. So <laughs> it worked for me. That's this weird. Is, this this is just not it's not a two way street, and I don't appreciate it. On to the Carney story, or should I say, the Arena story. Oh, Gilbert Arenas is my favorite person in the world ever. Uh, 
I never thought about if you're a professional athlete going to the carnival and playing <laughs> your game on their terms. <laughs> the picture, that picture. I can we make that the show picture this week? It is amazing. It's, it's incredible. The best. <laughs> just, just you look at it and it's it's an onion. It's you just there's so many. There's so much to unwrap in that picture. If all those kids and, and all of those stuffed animals, it's great. Uh, and it brought us a flashback to the guy from New Hampshire who blew his life savings and only won yeah. a Rasta banana. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, there's so much I have to say about this. But knowing that he got the banana purchased from Funny or Die or one of those I think it was it... college humor, actually, back when college humor was relevant. But, I mean, on one hand, it makes it better. But on another hand, it doesn't. Because he needed to learn his lesson. Right. But what you don't understand is he needed that money for drugs. So college humor right. really came through. Right. He... <laughs> <laughs> that Rasta banana uh, never pitches in. <laughs> What I don't believe about the whole story is that he had twenty five hundred dollars in in savings, mm. <laughs> unless it was cash yeah. that he got. They're not going to talk about where he got it from. Well, no, I mean that's exactly it. They said he got it from his house and then came back. There was no mention of a bank. <laughs> oh, right. I guess I. There's no ATM that would have that. let him take out all twenty three hundred dollars <laughs> in his super saver checking account. Right. Well, so then so he went. He went back to his house to get money, right? Is right. That- so the Ross okay. guys. That's a that's a cooling off period. What? How, right. How does that even happen? That's like, when you look have at a- the internet and see that an Xbox costs four hundred dollars. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And and also, I mean, you get to you're walking home, you get a chance to think. I would hope that you think about, yeah, this isn't really a great. Use of my money? No, on the way home, he smoked some more meth and got and convinced himself <laughs> even more that he can do it this time. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. It's not like he was... I was explaining this to Sam this morning because I played her the Rasta Banana uh, <laughs> news clip because she hadn't seen it. Um, he wasn't... Because she asked me, $2,600, how did his arm not fall off? Didn't you get like a, a dollar a ball or something? But no, he was going double or nothing every time. He was trying to win back yeah. his money. Right. And this Carney had him on the hook, and he was just throwing good money after bad. I think they said that on the show, too. He just kept going. And so we're talking a dollar, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, whatever. You know, he was just uh, in it deep. And so at that point, he probably thought, all they need is one more to win my money back. It's just, I got to hit black just once. Doesn't he know well, that Luke- no one ever wins a giant panda? <laughs> Well, no, he was, uh, it was a connect that he was after. Actually. Yeah, he was after the connect. He oh. was after that connect with the half inch layer of dust on it. He didn't even realize it was just an empty box. <laughs> There's no connect. Well, Luke, uh, Luke is a gambling addict. We know this. Mm-hmm. I, I am also a f- big fan of gambling. Not as much now as I was in my younger days. Um, and there is an appeal to those games, to the gambling addict, but what, what stops me on those and what always has stopped me was I've, I've been a pretty good athlete in my life and, and a lot of them involve some athletic skill, like, like, uh, dropping a, 
getting the softball in the basket or, or making the, you know, shooting the free throws or whatever it is. And, you know, that you would think the combination of like an athletic skill and the gambling would make it appealing. But when, when I'm like tossing the little softball or, or, or shooting the basketball and I immediately see that this is not, this is not the actual skill. This is not the actual sport. I get turned off right away. Mm-hmm. Cause like if, if we were out like Gilbert Arenas, just to go back to him, Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas and a lot of NBA players gamble a lot after practice. Like they'll be shooting free throws or three pointers or half court shots and they'll gamble and gamble and gamble. That to me, I'm in. I would do that all day long. But if, if it was after practice and then somebody bent the rim or shortened the backboard or changed the dimensions or deflated the balls, you know, yeah, deflated the balls or inflated <laughs> the balls, I would be out because I'd be like, no, no, because this isn't the skill I've been working on. So fuck you. So I don't do the, I don't do those, those carnival games. I don't get a kick out of them. But I really see, I really see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a gambling thing. It's a, you know, like a pride in your skills thing. But, but I, I don't know. I, I think I've always found more legitimate ways to gamble. <laughs> Let's just say that. My favorite part of this story, Christy already had her Andrew throwaway line of the week. We, they mentioned quickly that. Let's see her, where it goes. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Arenas' nickname or one of them is the Hibachi because he heats up quickly. Yeah. And that's when Andrew jumped in and said, is that why you call me the Crock-Pot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. That killed me. Usually Just... by, by mid-Wednesday, he's he's got a good story. We got a lot of week left, actually. Um, yeah. To Wednesday? All right. Sure. 1914 Wednesday, Fetty Whopping the Press. Uh, a reference to the Kansas City Royals baseball team doing so well on the field that they've taken to fucking with the press. <laughs> uh, the Kansas City baseball beat reporters referencing lyrics from Trap Queen, the Fetty Wap song, uh, specifically 1738, as in Remy Martin, 1738 from the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. And this just makes me so happy. Me I love the whimsy of baseball midseason. Once we've hit this point where players are getting traded and the good teams are getting better and the bad teams are getting worse, this is the stuff that really mixes up what could be a lot of really lopsided baseball games. Well, uh, they were talking about how winning breeds this kind of fun and this fun breeds winning. I believe the first part of that, the second part, not so much. Like... I don't believe that if Fernando Rodney and Carson Smith were, you know, talking about Fetty Wap and doing their 1738 quotes in the postgame interviews, I don't believe that the Mariners would start winning. It's not going to happen. (laughs) And it would make everyone even more angry at the Mariners bullpen. That's true. That they weren't taking their job seriously. Mm So, right. So, Yes, yes. Uh, teams that are winning, they're having fun. It's amazing. It's, we've had 
Seattle teams that have won and it, it, it gets really great. It gets really fun. But, uh, yeah, the reverse. No, no, I don't want to see those guys joking around right now. That would make my blood boil. Right. <laughs> uh, Wednesday also featured an appearance by someone you may have heard of, Chris Hayes, who apparently has a TV show on mm. MSN. BC, <laughs> really? Yes. That, I thought I thought it was all like um, like Dateline uh, reruns on that network. Right. Actually, um, what they do is uh, he actually just intros and outros reruns of To Catch a Predator. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Hayes, maybe one of our most famous tens, probably right that we know of. Yes. Calls in to explain justify an early tweet he made about song of the summer where he predicted that shut up and dance was going to be the song of the summer or at least was an early contender for song of the summer and the guys had sort of put him over the coals on that a little bit and so he was calling uh, in to justify and clarify his stance christy you you love chris hayes but you also hate the re-clarification of rules. How did you feel about this particular? Well, I was I thinking think he, about you. He was trying to, I know it, it was really hard for me, Mike. Um, I, I think he was trying to say I, that he personally was not trying to tip the scales necessarily. He was just saying from what I've heard, that is the song of the summer. It's not his favorite. Mm-hmm. He didn't vote for it, but yes, it was complicated. Right. I just don't think he wanted to be in some kind of Chicago-style voting incident. <laughs> right. He is from Chicago, so he's probably a little sensitive <laughs> to the uh, rigging of elections. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that was actually the spin-out conversation. Luke telling all of us for the first time that while he was in New York, that he met up with Chris, and Chris squired him around 30 Rock. And took him from room to room of staff and producers, (laughs) exclaiming, this is the podcaster I keep telling you about. Right. (laughs) How many of us have actually said those words? You know that podcast I always talk about? Or you know that podcast I listen to? Uh, That's right. Chris Hayes is one of us. Mm -hmm. For sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh. What else? Uh, a news flash, literally, no pun intended, flash at Bumbershoot. Yes. Uh, Christy, you have the details on that, right? I do. Um, I'll just say it now. Um, Bumbershoot is always Labor Day weekend. So this year, that is September 5th, 6th, and 7th. And she will be there on the Monday, the 7th. Um, Jennifer will be, uh, will be at Bumbershoot. Doing a TBTL on Monday the 7th? Is that what we gather? Yes. Or she'll be on Livewire. It was a little confusing. I'm sure the details will get out. But Livewire, it appears, will be every day of Bumbershoot. And she will be Mm. with him on the Monday. And I just have a little bit. Mike, did you ever go to Bumbershoot when you? I have been. I have been to Bumbershoot um way way back in the day just to go to concerts and comedy mm-hmm. shows and stuff um i will say this if i hear you uh dear listener say bumper shoot i will fly to your town and pull the tongue <laughs> yeah. out of your mouth oh, so he he'll let this bunny that's destroying his house and his body stay but if you forget <laughs> the bee in some festival you've never even heard of he will murder you 
Let's just keep that in mind. I'm not saying I'm not saying it makes any sense, Christy. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Um, Let's now, do some points of clarity here, guys. For people who are unaware, Bumbershoot is Seattle's annual arts and music festival. Yeah, it's yes. like cultural arts music, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Livewire is, of course, the show that Luke hosts. That's generally out of Portland. I'm surprised that they're coming up, and they said they're doing three shows from from the festival, mm-hmm. which is a it's, lot for them. It's genius, though, really, because all the guests that you want to book. It's a cap. I mean, there's so there, many people. And that you don't there, have to yeah. fly them into Portland on a random Saturday. Right. You know, you, you, you have them all right there. So just go grab them. I, I just I think hope it's there's genius. no animosity. I mean, uh, everything I know about Portland has been from Portlandia, and which makes me think that people from Portland have a Seattle complex. <laughs> so, you know, they got to um, go to Seattle to get all the good guests. That's well, all. Just... I'm ho- I'm hoping that they record it because let me tell you a little something about uh Bumbershoot. Um I have for it used to cost $9 a day. I saw bands like No Doubt, The Ramones, Blues Traveler for $9. It is now yeah. $90 for one day. 90, yeah. 90 oh. for one day. <laughs> so hopefully they do a live show. Well, I think I mean definitely Livewire. I mean that's they're gonna. This will be a good chunk mm-hmm. of their fall season when they come back. They're in reruns right now, uh, and then of course this is Jen Flash Andrews, producer emeritus, co-founder, the reason TVTL exists most definitely. And if she's doing an episode of Livewire, I have to think that one way or another they'll get her on for TBTL as well. Or Luke will just cut a big chunk of the Livewire episode and mm-hmm. call it TBTL. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which either way. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not going to go. I'm just saying it's just be prepared for $90. $90. Isn't that insane? That's, you know, when you did, go did into. Did you just look that up I or did. did you already know that? No, I, I looked it up because I wanted to see who else was. They, the website's pretty user friendly. You can go into lineup by day and see who's playing. Um, it's a great way to see a whole bunch of comedy. I'm not so much in the music because there's so many people crammed into. You, you're in line for two hours to make sure you get into the headliner. So the comedy is the best way to see a whole bunch of stand-up for very cheap. Right. Yeah. I, my favorite memory of Bumbershoot, I don't even remember if I had to pay to get into Bumbershoot at that time, but 1987, I saw Jerry Seinfeld at Bumbershoot. Yep. It was awesome. We should see if we can get you guys – well, I I can't be there. Mike – just apparently refuses to travel to Seattle for anything anymore. Oh, so Christy, Christy, it'll nice. just be you. You should see if you could get an official Little Red Bandwagon press pass. Well, that's yes. that's well. So I also did look up, and because there's, I'm not going to say any names, but there's a lot of podcasts that have a lot less listeners than us having shows. Yeah. So this might be something we look into for next year. Yeah, I would be willing to come out to do an LRB live. Personally, I uh, I think I want to I want to go to a TBTL live and have us do a live critique of TBTL oh, live. Yes. I would love that so much. <laughs> well, History why don't Science we just... Theater three thousand style. <laughs> I need a telestrator. <laughs> we can do it on that that weird app that they found. Oh, oh the, right, the Mixler. Yeah, why yeah, don't why don't whatever. we just Mixler? Why don't we post up at the picnic right next to them? <laughs> Mixler. <laughs> uh, probably because I'm going to be too busy drinking, but that's all oh. right. Um, sorry. I'm going to be in a diabetic uh, shock from all the desserts. 
Oh, good point. Right, because it's going to be 98% desserts. Speaking right. of we Picnic Talk, talk we got an email. The show got an email on Picnic Optimization from listener oh, no. Rick, who is a Canadian but knows more about American census data than any American I've ever met. <laughs> he took the letter-by-letter breakdown of the Picnic starters, mains, and desserts and uh, equated... Thusly, it'll be 43% starters, 35% mains, and 21% desserts. That's going to be the breakdown at the picnic. If everyone does what they're supposed to do, and yeah. if we meet a statistical average of the overall world, or at least the United States. So that's what all of you coming have to prepare for. And I don't remember well, the letter breakdown, so go look it up on the Stens page. What I worry about, I mean, we have this overly complicated uh, system that Andrew has created. I mean, it's more, it's more complicated than a, than like a postcard puzzle crush note, but <laughs> we created this thing. Um, what I'm worried about is there are people who are going to think that they're cooking for everyone. Like, um, if five of these people decide, oh, well, I have an entree, I'm cooking an entree, but there's going to be 200 people there. I need to make enough for 200 people. Uh, I'm just, I worry about the excess. I, I don't like the thought of, I'm a cheap bastard, and I don't like the thought of all this food being thrown away. Well, people can take stuff home, and everyone knows you should definitely bring something. But everything's something. been in the sun for like five hours. Oh, you're such it's, a, it's almost like you work in a restaurant. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I'm just food safety is just it's bothering me. No, this is this is a good this is a good point. Think about it logically, people. Everyone's bringing food, so bring maybe just a little bit more than you think you're going to eat. Right, and then that's the great balance of the universe. And then Mm -hmm. everyone eats one bite of everything, and you're good. Well, I had a I had disagreed. uh, I have a. I've, I disagreed with Luke saying that there should always be more mains. As a vegetarian who mostly eats sides, I think starters and sides should be the predominant. And because if you think about your plate that you build, right, you ha- usually have one main and multiple sides. Anyone else with me mm-hmm. on this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to me, I just, I urge you folks, just make enough for however many people you're bringing, if it's just you, you know, bring what you would make if you made it for yourself. If if you're bringing your family, bring what you would make for your family. Cause anything more than that, it's just going to be a lot of food being thrown away. And it just breaks my heart. How many people right. bring a pizza, a half frozen pizza? <laughs> well, there's no oven to melt it in. So you've really got to be careful. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I've been to all these picnics and people yeah. bring tbtl joke type food oh they do Mm -hmm. or something that goes into a drop or something that is themed so we'll see well tacos are not a bad choice when the season four of arrested we might have tacos when the season four of arrested development came out i went to a party at someone's house and i did bring uh mayan eggs so maybe that's what i'll bring (laughs) well um i I just am almost done with picnic talk as much as song of the summer, reiterating the rules of who's going to bring what, but the newest talk of what part of picnic is this uh, is confusing to people. This is not 
oh. a wedding style reception buffet potluck thing. <laughs> and it's, it's not a top chef. Picnic. You're, right. You're not, <laughs> it's a you're picnic. not coming there. You're not, this isn't, uh, this isn't, you know, like a game show on the food network. Right. Just bring something, put, Peel the foil off yeah. and you're done. When when Andrew said, it's a picnic, so bring what you would bring to a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as a picnic. <laughs> I've got miles of more notes, but I'll spare you, Christy. Okay. I think we should move on okay. to Thursday, 1915. It's not hot, but there's a lot. Just like the food at the TBTL picnic. <laughs> oh, and just like Thursday's episode. Yeah, well, uh, that's okay because it was all downhill from the voicemail at the beginning. That was the high point. Oh my God. Yes. You're right. Let's yeah. Play it. Uh, that's, that's our clip of the week. We should play that right now. Let's play it. Hey guys. It's Stu. Um, it's Thursday afternoon. I'm standing in my backyard. I'm wearing pajama pants. I'm shirtless. Smoking a Marlboro Red. God, Andrew, you were so right about smoking. It's so good. Oh, God, the flavor. Anyway, uh, just a couple of uh, fact-checking items in my now unofficial capacity as the show's uh, fact-checker and explainer guy. Uh, first of all, on I think was Monday's show, perhaps, uh, Luke had uh, mentioned his goddamn shoes were still in Glendiver, Montana. Um, the name of the city is actually Glendive. Glendiver is somebody who goes down on the Wichita lineman. Pausing for a chuckle there. Um, and the other uh, thing here was uh, yesterday's show, uh, Andrew did not know who Dalton Trumbo was. Um, Trumbo was the uh, blacklisted screenwriter from the uh, communist witch hunt days of the 1950s. Uh, he wrote uh, Spartacus and Roman Holiday and Johnny Got His Gun, which was the basis for Metallica's One, uh, which was then they had the video with the guy and it was Darkness. In, no, that's, that sounds about the right way. Yeah, Darkness Imprisoning Me. And it was just super awesome. And there was like a double kick drum solo and... Anyway, that's who Dalton Trumbull was. You guys have a great day. I have no doubt Stubot was standing in his backyard in his pajamas and <laughs> and in my mind I was right there with him. I wanna I wanna just stand there with Stubot and water the lawn and talk shit all morning long. I mean yep. love this guy. I want him around forever and we're not gonna take up a collection, but we're gonna make him feel loved, people. And Make this guy feel loved. We can also open up our network. I mean, some tens have already mentioned this. I know um, even our own producer, Jeremy, already shot a lead Stubot's way. Um, I don't know how many Minnesotans we have or who else we have that's in a position to help. But uh, if you know anyone who's looking for a sharp, smart, quippy, smartass, uh, shoot it towards Stubot. You know, maybe that's a way we can help. Right. <laughs> Long pause. Stubot, we will find you a job, goddammit. It's mm -hmm. Luke's last episode from the powerless, internetless, phoneless Port Townsend Studios. I think he was waiting for David to come help him finish everything up. Mm -hmm. uh, we hear about an oversized U-Haul he rented, and he's right if you've rented a U-Haul recently. Once yep. you get to the box trucks... They really couldn't care less which one you take for the same price. All that you're paying for is more gas, the bigger it gets. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's true. When I, when I moved to Austin, um, I was renting the truck and it's like, uh, do you want the, the, like the 12, the 16, the 24, whatever. And yeah, no difference in price. Right. You know, so you end up with the fucking massive truck wasting a bunch of gas driving a 2200 miles across the country. That's right. And you do not need a CDL to drive that giant truck. A buddy of mine uh, and I drove one from Western New York to St. Louis a couple of years ago, and it's perfectly doable. Uh, I will say, however, that before we even left the house he was moving out of, we, and by we I mean I, did uh, back it up, not realizing how big it was, and took a small aluminum awning right off the side of the house he was moving out of. (laughs) My sister took out a uh, a parking uh, structure with one of yep. those trucks. <laughs> they really uh, – so you don't need a CDL, but maybe you should need a CDL. Oh, well, let me bring this up. So it, 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 it's, it's from Friday, but um, not Luke would, would not get a CDL to save his life even if he was going to drive a truck for a living. Um because he's driving around a boat and he doesn't have his uh, Washington Boaters Education card, which is very easy to obtain. And, and it's required. Permanent. And required. And my dad <laughs> even got a ticket for not having mm-hmm. it. It's a real thing. You you will get pulled over like my dad did on Lake Washington for speeding. And you will get a ticket for speeding. And you will get another ticket for not having your WDE card. It's not hard to get, get it, but you know, Luke is Luke, so I don't think he'll ever have it. <laughs> you would think every time he buys a boat, they'd ask him, right, and that he'd just get sick of hearing the question by now. <laughs> yeah, that's what, like ten times now. Like I said, it's an We're... armada, <laughs> right? An armada of fragile wooden boats. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Luke's in PT for the last time. Um, there's a quick conversation about Art Bell being back on the internet airwaves. How did they not know that? Yeah, it's been Everybody everywhere. Yeah. Well, when you don't have but Facebook Josh, every, to tell Josh you. every night gets high and sends me a message about what's going on in Art Bell. <laughs> I, at first, I was worried that George Norrie and Art Bell would be diluting the pool, that they wouldn't have enough guests to go around to produce quality radio for both. <laughs> But then right. I remembered that those people who appear on those shows have nothing else to do. So for them, no. all it's doing is uh, doubling their show time. Yeah. 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 Just two appearances a week for for the uh, person talking about remote viewing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk of the Chumbawamba tub-thumping documentary. Oh, was that a – it felt like a joke to no, me. I, I don't I, think I'm so. I'm not I interested. Mean, I haven't looked into it, but I will just mention – so as a trivia host, Tub Thumping is one of those song requests that I get uh, far more often than I should for a song of its era. <laughs> and sometimes you play it, and people love it when you play it. Uh, it just, even if people think they hate the song, they hear it, and they're singing along, and they can't help it. So right. yeah. I guess I get it. It's it's like a, uh, it's like an older version, a safer version of like, the dropkick Murphys or something like something that uh, it's empowering somehow to people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I get guess. it. I guess. Cause I first heard it when I was in prison. It just doesn't 
work for me. <laughs> I was knocked down and I was not yet no, able not to get back up, up no. again at that point. You were knocked down and you had a gimp foot for it. So, <laughs> right. Um, I wondered why balloons didn't drop from the ceiling. The thousandth time Luke told his calling the sex line from Cube 93. <laughs> I finally had a thought on that. I mean, I've finally heard that story many thought. times. I really like that story. I like but, it too. Um, but you know, he's he's, <laughs> and Stubot actually tweeted this from the Infinite Guest account. The she's on a swing. I love swing. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ways he was getting behind the sexy talk. As a nine-year-old, I like he, adventures. She was on a swing. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that uh, he should not have been ashamed of calling that sex line. I called sex lines when I was a kid. I probably still call them. You don't know. Um, Are those still a thing? But I'm sure there there is. People still pay for porn. I heard this at work last night. There's there's a, a guy at work who pays for porn, and we all looked at him like he was. Did you on teach fire. him what Tumblr was? <laughs> we we just told him told him, next time you go dial up your internet you know here's a few websites you might want to check out so you don't have to pay for porn anymore but but what luke should have been ashamed of was not calling the sex line was that he was listening to cube 93 oh Ugh. mike mike I'm sorry, you're, you're a you're a T-Man fan? <laughs> I was a T-Man <laughs> fan and a Chet Buchanan fan. Oh, God. Do you remember Chet Buchanan? All right. But I love that he was more scared about getting found out about listening to that. Because I'm sure that was what his parents were more mad about. Yeah. Yeah, they right. should have been. Cube 93 is terrible. It was terrible, is terrible, and will always be terrible. <laughs> but not Our for other... the reasons they thought. No, no. All right, right. guys. <laughs> Sorry. I know you hate music. It's okay. Local radio talk. Bellingham. Poolhouse Studios with Luke Burbank. <laughs> so Perry and Luke are looking at a house. It looks like they're serious about putting in an offer in a house in Bellingham. Uh, it has a pool that nobody else wants to deal with, so that might be their ticket to getting the house. And... I can never tell with Luke if it's a if it's a shack barely standing or mm-hmm. if it's a palatial apartment pool house like on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. Like if it's a if it's a lean to that the mummy is made just some two by fours <laughs> set against the house or if it's a if it's something from the DIY network just gorgeous side house. Right. It was actually built off site and then put on a trailer and and dropped there. Mm-hmm. So one way or another, it's going to be Poolhouse Studios, uh, which I'm not sure is a name I'm I'm attached to. I think we can do better, but it's well, a start. Well, there's a lot of time because that's going to be a big project. And mm-hmm. what I'm wondering is, is this going to be like the uh, Studios de Bajo where a lot of work goes into it? We hear a lot about it. The contractors are over there uh, and it just ends up maybe he does like five shows from there and then abandon ship. Right. Well, I what I the first thought I had was how long until someone tracks down the address of this house? Oh fuck! Well, Pape's already done it. You know that. There's, there's. He already has mail. I, 
Luke already has mail <laughs> waiting for him from Pape at that house. Because I want to talk about it right now. Uh, so Friday, 1916. <laughs> We're going to move on quickly to a layer of confusingness. Okay. And Luke is out on uh, one of his boats, the smallest of his boats, uh, with his legs against either side of the hull <laughs> on a choppy lake, hoping it doesn't capsize before the end of the show. Uh, yeah, Christy, I'm sure you've been on Lake Washington during Seafair Week. Ugh. It's not a place for the faint of heart it's or the, the smallest boat. It's the worst. <laughs> You're 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 rocking around in a lot of people's pee. A lot Let's of pee's going that. on in that. A lot of boobs, a lot of pee, a, a lot of drunk people driving boats. When Luke was talking about how Andrew would hate going through the Montlake Cut, a hundred percent, a hundred percent at Seafair, you just stay away. Anything water related. Speaking yeah. of Andrew doing things wrong, he finally. <laughs> Reports on his tonight shorts, courtesy of his friends at the Little Red Bandwagon. You know what? You know what? Fuck you, Andrew. I this this pisses me off, and it pissed a lot of people off when you talked about this. That these are great shorts. These are shorts that I am interested in owning. If you would ever write that Amazon review, <laughs> um, and I don't need you know I don't need some elaborate like you know wolf shirt description i just need to know whether or not you're enjoying them all i find out is that you're taking them to the gym which leads me to believe you never tried them as tonight shorts you never tried them i am glad i will say this andrew fuck you by the way i will say this i am very happy that you're not wearing belted cut off khakis to the gym because i don't want to know a person that would ever do that I would not have a podcast about a podcast where someone wore khakis. Never. <laughs> Never. I would not. Um, so I'm happy for that. But can you please give it a week as your tonight shorts? If it doesn't work, that's fine. Go back to the janky setup you've got. Go back. But give it a week. I'm sorry. I'm a little worked up. I might be crying. Well, you took this very personally. I understand. Friday was more just a loose conversation again. Luke's got the fat boy and the blue angels overhead at various times. Like I said, he's got one leg to either side of the hole. I think it was his left hand on the windshield and his right hand on the mic. He's got all of his equipment in the boat with him. Um, other conversations that come up. Would you go to space? This is when I'm glad that Jeremy doesn't have a mic. Yeah. God, he's boring. Ugh. So we have Space Talk, TVTL edition. Uh, would you guys go? Would you go to space? I think there's two scenarios here. Would you go to space and come back in a few months? And would you go to Mars and, uh, you know, never get to come back? Christy, you've kind of already answered this question, but not on this podcast. I would go if I got to come back and it was a finite about amount of time sure um i'm not going because well, it you sounds can't expensive. even leave the u.s so i don't <laughs> think right 
Right, you can't get a passport. They're not letting you out of the. But Earth. what if I, I? I think I think there might be an exception in space travel because you're just basically going vertical. Well, we need to figure that out. <laughs> Can you? We we need to call someone. Who do you call for that? The space right. consulate. I don't know what what usually happens to me, and this happened at the Canadian border, is I just try to go, and then they stop me. So, um, so I imagine I would sign up, I'd go through all the training, and then when I got finally got to my got to the front of the line, they were just, uh, yeah, um, you're not going. Yeah. So right. you'd and get all fine. suited up in that space this money suit. anyway. And then, well, I don't like to go places where I don't have a, a bathroom and a shower. <laughs> There's no Burger King to go poop in. Yeah. So I have seen the, what they call a space toilet and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm interested in all of that. I, I think it's great. But it, but again, space toilet sounds expensive. Oh, well, you don't have to pay for the bill. This isn't right. Let's you deciding. NASA desperately needs someone to start a podcast and run the kitchen in space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if we're doing serious talk then about going to space, I would not go, but only because I would want someone who wanted to go more than me to go. Oh, that's very that's nice. That's very thoughtful of you. But so you're going to really, send Jeremy in your place. Really what I'll send Mike Jeremy wants to know. Just to get him away from my fucking wife. You know, well, basically, yeah. that's what, that's real. What Mike needs to know is if there's Facebook Messenger still. <laughs> yeah, I can't be disconnected. <laughs> that's right. Are there picture comments in space? <laughs> <laughs> in space, no one can see your picture comments, and that's fucking terrifying to me. Uh, I'm on the same line. I would go, but not forever. I got shit here. I kind of like it. So I'd want to yeah. come back. <laughs> right. Um, I'd rather not get into the Cecil, Cecil the lion talk. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like the, the arguments of you shouldn't be paying attention to this because that's more important. Oh, mm-hmm. And I actually, I agreed with Luke even more than I usually do when he made that point. I guess that's it for me. Well, the only thing I'll say about that is the, I think the reason that story resonated wasn't, you know, a hundred percent, um, a beautiful animal being killed in a really awful way. It's more the fact that, um, we hate dentists and, you know, <laughs> we love to see them fall on misfortune. Right. If it was a dermatologist, no one would have cared. It wouldn't have been a big deal, right. I don't think. <laughs> well, the guy that owns uh, Jimmy John Sandwiches hunts crazy big exotic animals and posts those pictures, and people still go to that sandwich place. That's why my yeah. turkey sandwich and soda was $11 last week. God damn it. <laughs> it's because he needs airfare? Yes. <laughs> well, that guy, that Jimmy John's owner, he, he's been driving by my house all day long with a carcass on his hood trying to lure me out, but I'm not going out. I'm not getting out Just there. Just throw the bunny out. It's not big hey, enough. why are you guys so anti-bunny? Why am I the only one who still loves the bunny, even though I'm the one almost killed this morning from him? <laughs> I, I'm indifferent to the bunny. I really don't. I, the only reason I'm mad is because we started 20 minutes late because of that goddamn bunny. Oh, fuck. The bunny. Yeah. He's a bigger threat to the future of this podcast than That's true. He's already else. tried to sabotage it multiple times. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only because we're killing it in the rankings. That's the only reason he cares. 
Yeah. Um, I'm okay with Luke for once rooting for the criminal in the case of the alleged man who is shitting in the holes at the Norwegian <laughs> Gold <Club. laughs> I love that guy. Whoever that guy is, I love that guy. I want to think it's some sort of subversive message about the 1% uh, by taking a dump in their fancy golf course holes. Yeah. But it's probably just some asshole. And either way, it's great. Well, I, I liked the, – the part I liked about that story the most was not the way things are going now, like with all the spotlights and all the – they're trying to catch him and all that. But like the first week that it happened when nobody knew that it had happened and the first group tees off and they get, you know, they, they get down to the, to the green and everyone's measuring out their shots and, and you know, the, <laughs> they're t- very carefully taking their putts and the first guy holds out and then he reaches. In. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is the moment. That is the moment I want captured when he, he, he gets his ball and just a giant handful of human feces. Yeah. I did think, you know, the problem is that most of the victims of this crime are not the Argyle sweater vests of the world, but it's the Carl Spacklers. You know, I don't want the guy who's making minimum wage as a groundskeeper being the guy who has to clean this up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what I don't get is they're putting floodlights and stuff out there, but you get a nanny cam for like 50 bucks. Why don't they just have a webcam pointed on those holes? Or straight up from the, straight up from the cup. Yeah, there just you go. Identify that balloon knot a and poop you have cam. your, you have oh, your criminal. God. <laughs> Why don't they do DNA testing like they do for... Did, Pape, did I physically hurt you with that... <laughs> Terrible joke. I'm not sure. Sounded like it wounded I'm you. I'm not sure Christy heard it. Oh, I did. I'm immune. Christy's immune hard to, to shock. Yeah, I'm. I'm immune to poop jokes. It's not the poop that was the problem. I know. <laughs> uh, I know that starfish anywhere. Yeah, Moving I'm just on. sad I didn't say it first. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Was anyone else surprised that Music for Your Weekend actually happened? Yes. Well, you're a big fan, right? You want this to be forever, right? Yeah, well, I like the idea of it. I didn't think they'd start doing it until after Song of the Summer. And by after Song of the Summer, I mean I figured they would have Never forgotten about it. the idea yeah. by after Song of the Summer. I but they did it, it. I liked it when it was a radio show because the three of them had such different tastes that... Right. It was all over the board and also... Oh, right. It, yeah. Because Jen had some country mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. And I think they liked it on a Friday edition of TBTL in the final hour because it was basically the last half an hour of the show filled with music. Right. Oh, right. Instead of Sean having would to play his death clock on, right, mm-hmm. on AM radio. Uh, so this week, uh, this week's music, Tove Strike... Uh, that's T-O-V-E-S-T-Y-R-K-E. Even if I'm loud, it doesn't mean I'm talking to you. Uh, Alpine's Foolish and Casio Town for the painly, Painfully Alone. White Corolla, the song about the rental car I got from Fox last time I was in Seattle. Oh, yes. Yep. Fox Rentals, folks. <laughs> don't, don't try to save yourself $5 a day. Don't don't go Fox Reynolds. Actually, I you, saved money and I kept the screwdriver, so I came out ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, you can start any any car on their lot with this screwdriver. Just go down the row and pick out the one you like. So that's your week in review. Oh, awesome. Um, do, do we have any housekeeping left or do we take care of everything during the show? I talked about Bumbershoot. Uh, go vote for Song of the Summer, whatever the new bracket looks like as you're listening to this. Go vote. Uh, TBTL Picnic, Wednesday, August 19th. That's right, Christy? It is. And I have one thing to say about the picnic. Although there's this structure and everyone's freaking out, if you have a dish that's your specialty, bring it. Screw the thing. That's what I do every year. Whatever's convenient or something I can make. That's another problem with it being on a Wednesday in Woodenville at, I mean, they haven't announced the time yet, five or six o'clock. You're going to grab what you can grab. I mean, there's people coming from out of town. Um, Mike McCauley brought two bags of chips. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that and don't feel bad about it because people like I'm chips. I'm bringing my signature Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Family recipe, right? <laughs> no, just off the, just the one off the, uh, just the one off the cereal box. <laughs> uh, I will be there at the picnic. And I will be bringing... Stop bragging. Well, you know, Mike, um, you could be there too. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not possible. <laughs> the modern convenience of air travel. Nope. I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> we have a friend who could set you up with a standby middle seat. All you have to do is ask. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to stand or sit. <laughs> we will ship you. Uh, I will be there. And if <laughs> oh, I... I know you can do that. No doubt. If if Bobby puts a mind to it, I will arrive in Seattle. Well, thanks to my free digital scale. <laughs> uh, and if I play my cards right, I will be bringing bags of Ruffles all-dressed potato chips. Yes. Damn it. I, I, I am going to try very hard. We are, we are hitting the road and going to Ontario next weekend, so... I will see what I can do about that. Bobby, All the temptations that have been placed in front of me for the picnic. That's it. Bobby, but can um, I tell you? This, I don't, this is the strongest. I don't think you should waste them on the oh, picnic. Why? Well, I'll bring a bag for our blanket. Okay. And, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll talk off air. But we're close to Canada. If these bitches want to get them, they can go to Canada themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we need snacks for the trip there. That's all I'm saying. Don't waste it. Right. All right, let's wrap this up, guys. Okay. We're, we're running long in the tooth here. Do you uh, do you want me to tell you tell everyone how to get involved? Sure. You've carried a lot of mail here, so go to littleredbandwagon.com. You can fill out the form and uh, get on the uh, Saturday show. Facebook, uh, the Stens page or our page are good places to talk to us. Although I th- I've been told recently that that uh, the Stens page is a little too much. Little red bandwagon. So I'm going to lay off a little bit. You can uh, let the fools have their tartar sauce on the Stens page. <laughs> Personal Twitters at RL Pape, at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, at Dadstronaut. Show Twitter at LRB Podcast. That idiot Jeremy's been trying to get free stuff again. Um, <laughs> I can't stop him. I don't know the passwords. But uh, please shout him down if you ever see him begging for shit. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com for, um, you know, sharpshoot, all that stuff. Voicemail and text, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And finally, 
Nerd Out Loud. That's Christy and Jeremy's um, podcast. Mm -hmm. Their 100th episode has been threatening to come out for a long time. What's going on there? And the delay was we've been waiting for Pape to um, put in his submission, but we just gave up because he never did it. No. I love them all. I don't know what to tell you. Yes. I've been getting tons of messages of Wagoneers that because we plug the nerd out loud going back and listening. And I just want to say <laughs> the first, what, 30 episodes are rough and we admit it and it's terrible. And I advise not to listen to them, but do what you want. I understand being a completist. Christy, I'm the same way. Can you, why don't you pick out one that would be a good introduction oh. and an interesting show and we'll post that and then just tell people okay. to start with that one yeah and our 100th episode is going to have fan favorites wrote in and we talk about our favorites so listen to that one and then go back right that's probably a good good way to do it bobby that's all i have this morning i i need to go uh, nurse my hip <laughs> yeah um i've been doing a little googling while we were recording and mm -hmm. i posted a picture the unedited picture of what happened to you so uh some truth has been posted oh, under shit. that photo on on your facebook oh, page so man. everybody go find mike's facebook page to get a dose of that and uh, let me just say in advance um and sorry to aiden fuck you Pete. <laughs> uh and that'll do it until next time, this is the next party. And I, I'm so sorry I swore so much this morning, Jen. I really love you. I'll see you at the picnic fest. Okay. Right. Anything else on the run, guys? No, but can I tell you guys something off the air? Please. This thing i know started it but it really fucking pisses me off <laughs> oh shit it's so stupid right <laughs> well why why does this have to be off the air why is so <laughs> They're looking at me in this microphone like WTF. And you're like, no, I do a much less popular podcast. Nailed it.